Welcome to the Climate Chronicles podcast by SkySpecs, the show where we explore the latest wind and renewable energy trends, industry expertise, and best practices that can help us deliver the most efficient energy generation in the world. Let's jump into the latest episode. Welcome once again to SkySpecs Climate Chronicles podcast, where we explore some of today's biggest issues facing the renewable energy industry. I'm Sarah Lights, head of marketing here at SkySpecs, and our guests for today are our very own Thor, Denmark God of Condition Monitoring, Alan Larson, and product product marketing badass Nikki McCollum. Welcome, you two. You want to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit more about you? How about you go first, Alan? Sure. Uh, I don't know if I'm comfortable being called the God of Condition <laughs> Monitoring. I might be the God of Condition <laughs> Monitoring for somebody who doesn't know condition monitoring at all. Uh, but for somebody who's been in condition monitoring a long time, I think uh, I've I've just uh, I've just dipped my toes and I've gotten a good idea about what it's all about and tying it together back to the bigger business problems. Uh, but yeah, sure, Thor, I'm good with that. <laughs> oh come on, I'm in marketing. I'm supposed to be your hype man. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm Alan. I'm the VP of condition monitoring products here at uh, at Skyspecs. Um, come from a background in the in the in the wind industry of around a decade before starting uh, the company that would become the Horizon CMS product team inside of uh, Skyspecs I worked for the OEM um, Siemens Wind Power that later became Siemens Gamesa um, I have an engineering background uh, I live here in Denmark in a small town called Weile uh, right in the heart of the Danish uh, wind industry we have Half an hour to the Siemens Gamesa uh, main production facilities in Brande, 40 minutes to Vestas up in Aarhus, and we have Vattenfall and Ørsted and some of the other big companies right in our backyard. Thanks, Alan. All right, Nikki, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. I am Nikki McCollum, as you said, the product marketing badass here at SkySpecs. <laughs> uh, I have a little over 12 years of experience in the industry across medical software um, and consulting services. Excited to be in the renewable space now with SkySpecs, though. Um, my role is basically to help articulate why our product is amazing and make sure folks in the market know about it and understand how it can help them. Excited awesome. to be here. Thanks, Nikki. All right. Before we start jumping into the technical stuff, how about some fun questions? Um, uh, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Nikki, how about you go first? I'm going to have to say Greece. I did a study abroad there in college and I would go back in a heartbeat, hands down. How about you, Alan? Well, I'm pretty comfortable where I am, but <laughs> if I had to live somewhere else, I would probably go for the Swiss Alps. It, uh, the mountain landscape up there is it's so serene and beautiful. It's like the colors are more vibrant. The, sc the, the, the sky is more blue. The clouds are more white. Uh, I think the, 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 the cow's milks taste better and everything. It's uh, pretty amazing down there. Awesome. Cool. Um, so if you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would you choose? Alan, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Can it be a... Uh, Currently living historical figure. Sure, sure. Because I'm very future oriented, so I'd probably, I'd probably meet with some of the the big innovators uh, of uh, that are living today, like Elon Musk, for example, and and hear what is, what's his view of the future. I, I'd I'd love to talk future stuff. And if I had to pick a historical figure that doesn't live anymore, it's not living <laughs> anymore. I'd I'd pick somebody who's 
sort of really looking into the future, like some of the big inventors uh, of the past, and tell them about what it's like today, <laughs> and just blow their brains, like like uh, blow their minds. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but maybe not so violent. I don't know. <laughs> You're already dead. I blow your brain. <laughs> How about you, Nikki? Um, I am a major art history nerd, so I'm going to have to stick in that genre. Um, one of my favorites would be Diego Rivera. I'd probably love to have coffee with him and just pick his brain um, about his his art, his history. That would be my go-to for sure. Awesome. Cool. Um, so uh, another fun one. What is your biggest pet peeve? <laughs> Nikki, since you're you're giggling, I'll let you go first. Um, so it's funny. I I joke about this with my husband all the time, but it's clutter. His clutter mostly. Um, uh, I'm a very uh, OCD organized person, uh, and he he is not. So his clutter everywhere would probably be my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. Well, opposites attract. Right? Exactly. Exactly. We balance. How about, how about you, Alan? Are you asking me what grinds my gears? <laughs> yes, what grinds your gears? I don't think I have any one thing in particular. Uh, I couldn't actually come up with something that was my biggest pet peeve. Uh, I think I have lots of small ones. So uh, I'll, I'll decline to answer that one. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. So Ellen, you already told us a little bit about your background. So how about we jump into the the technical stuff about uh, Horizon CMS? So I know uh, Horizon CMS is fairly new to SkySpecs and some of our listeners may not know um, all the technical details. So first, can you tell us a little bit about CMS? I know it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people in different industries. So when it comes to Horizon CMS, what type of tools are we talking about? Um, well, let's just uh, dwell on the CMS part first. I, you know, honestly, it's a little bit weird that it's called CMS because for most people, that means content management system, right? Yep, <laughs> especially for us marketers. Websites. So anybody who's in marketing, they think it's content management systems, right? But uh in wind, it means condition monitoring systems, and it's sort of been it's sort of become synonymous with the discipline of condition monitoring. And uh, historically, in wind, condition monitoring uh, has been synonymous with vibration-based drivetrain monitoring, meaning the uh, the health monitoring of the big rotating parts in the wind turbine. Um, so CMS has sort of become synonymous with, uh, with with that particular discipline. However, condition monitoring is a lot more than just vibration-based drivetrain monitoring. It's basically anything that has to do with using online sensor data streams to monitor the health uh, of uh, assets in a live fashion, you could say. Awesome. Well, thanks for that explanation. Um, so what problems does Horizon CMS set out to solve then? Um, well. Horizon CMS is a brand new uh, cloud platform that's really built to solve the scalability issues that the, the wind industry has has run into. The industry is growing so fast, and there are literally hundreds of thousands of assets out there today that have uh, these systems installed, and they come from loads of different brands. Um, historically, and it's still a reality today, uh, asset owners who want to do their own condition monitoring have to pick sort of the the software that comes with the hardware. Also known as the we, we call it the native CMS software, and uh, these things were typically invented in the 
you know, 90s or early 2000s, and they feel a bit dated sort of in, in the design. Um, and I think what Horizon CMS is solving is first and foremost to unify all these sensor data streams into one system, but also to apply some more modern technology such as AI uh, to, to uh, supercharge the condition monitoring process. Condition monitoring is a discipline that's very engineering heavy. So you have really specialized uh, engineers that uh, that look through this data every day. It's sort of the equivalent of a doctor having to look at a thousand x-rays every day and then determine if there's something that's on its way to develop at the very early stages, right? Um, but the tools they have is not really fit for the the scale that the Windows industry has reached and that it's going into. That's what Horizon CMS is uh, trying to solve. So how is Horizon um, CMS tackling these issues differently than other tools on the in the market? Um, well, I think we've taken sort of a fundamental look at that domain and see what we could uh, change. So um, I already said some of this, but the fact that we can sort of take all this sensor data and put it into one system and make it sort of give you a unifying experience of working with what essentially is very advanced uh, sensor data um, that you normally have a completely um, unique experience per sensor hardware. We want to sort of try and uh, unify that into one system. We've done that now and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, so that's one way we're tackling it uh, much better. Um, we also focused a lot on um, making sure that the, we support all steps of the condition monitoring process and make that an integrated experience so that you don't have to use multiple different tools to solve different steps in the monitoring process. Right. The target for us has been to make something that is 10x better in every way. Uh, and uh, I think we're on a really good path. Awesome. So speaking on the, the 10X side of things, I know this question isn't something that we had on our list, but I, I hear that there's a little competition between you and, and one of your coworkers on the, on the 10X better. Can you t explain some of those competitions and some of the things going on with you and, and your coworker, Martin? Ah, I know what you're referring to. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one well when we sold it this was a this was an amazingly funny story uh we when we sold a company to sky specs last year we went out to celebrate and we did it at a gin bar uh, in our town in denmark here and uh, i ordered up a i didn't really know what to order so i just like can i get a normal gin and uh the bartender said no we don't do normal, normal gin. What is normal gin? Give me something. So I said, okay, I'll just take a Hendrix. Right. Um, Martin then went and said to the bartender, he said, like, I would like to uh, order one that is ten percent better than Alan's. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's the I think that's the story you're referring to. Yeah, it seems like uh, ten percent better is is a bit of a theme for you guys, which is awesome. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm well, glad. Sorry, ten percent at ten x, not the same. Ten <laughs> x. Yes, yes. Sorry, ten x. Ten x. You're yeah. right. You're right. Ten <laughs> x. Um, yeah. Also, it's actually those. You have to take a look whenever you want to change something so fundamentally, like we're trying to do. You really have to to take a look at the 
let's say the whole process and, uh, and everything involved in, in condition monitoring, uh, instead of like building on top of, let's say, um, paradigms that exist today, you have to sort of think of what is a brand new paradigm we could be building here um, to, to really make a step change, right, in, in, in how you approach this. I think in the early days when we started a company uh, and we spoke to industry insiders about this, uh, the, the standard monitoring efficiency out there is around, you know, two to 400 turbines monitored by full-time engineer. And uh, what we're doing with Horizon CMS is enabling uh, 10x that, so I mean two to 4,000 turbines per mm -hmm. engineer is monitored. It doesn't mean we need less monitoring engineers. It just means we can free up some of their time and looking from looking at false alarms and so on, so they can solve some more important issues. Yeah, that's awesome. That's going to be huge. Um, so switching gears just a little bit, uh, bringing CMS monitoring in-house has always been difficult due to the imposed data access limitations enforced by turbine and sensor OEMs. So how important do you think data access is to the wind industry and specifically to CMS? Well, I think it's not specific to, to CMS. I think it's, it's just a, it's just a process of, let's say, taking control over your assets. You also need to take control over your data stream. I think other industries have been way better at having really open data protocols uh, for their hardwares. But I think in young industries, uh, you really want to uh, you really want to hide that away. I think one industry that's emerging now, for example, is uh, additive manufacturing, and I'm sure uh, that they experience uh, with the machines that are being produced for industry today. They're ex experiencing. The owners of these machines are experiencing exactly the same problems as we see in the wind industry now, um, that you don't really get access to the sort of really detailed communication protocols. You don't get access to changing the parameter settings of the machine. Um, and I think in order for you to really squeeze more out of your asset, you need that sort of really granular control, right? Um, it's the same thing with opening up for sensor data streams. Um, it doesn't help you really if you can just download a big data dump from a server. That doesn't help you with online condition monitoring. You want to almost get the data uh, at the highest possible sample rate, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, what should owner-operators be doing to try to overcome this? Um, Limited... Well, I think, I think it's um, first and foremost... I think it's a change of attitude. I think you, as an owner, you need to think of this data and these systems as your property. You bought it. Why should you not be able to access it properly? Um, secondly, it's about having a dialogue with the OEM and the sensor system providers about uh, ensuring that this is in place. And of course, um, this relates to already operational assets, right? That where contracts have been signed and so on. But I think for any future contracts you make, whether it be a new wind farm project uh, or a long-term O&M contract, you want to be having this conversation really, really early on. So it's well, well defined in the contract phase. Um, I think even some of these uh, OEMs and sensor system providers they haven't even built the tech to properly support this yet, mm -hmm. right? So 
Yeah. That's, that's what I would do. So, um, is data access more important or only important to self-performers or, or is it bigger than that? Um, well, so, so just for context, right? So when we say self-performers, self-performers, uh, means asset owners that, uh, take control of their operations and maintenance typically by in-housing a lot of, uh, the competences and skills need to, to, to basically run a wind farm. Um, and, um, there are varying degrees at which you're a self-performer. You could be having most of your fleet under full service agreements, meaning you outsource it all to the OEM or some third-party independent service provider. Um, but your ambition could be to be a self-performer as your fleet grows, right? Uh, in either case, it makes sense to uh, to take ex- to to ensure that you get the the right data access. Um, even if you are a, if your intention is to never in-house any of these things, and if you're a financial investor and so on, um, even if your intention is to always just outsource it all to a single contract, taking control of your data now gives you freedom of choice later. And of course, it also enables a few checks and balances, right, that you could put into place uh, to ensure that uh, whoever has the O&M contract actually delivers on it. That's what you can do with uh, with data access, right? Yeah. All right. So, Alan, where do you see CMS technology going over the next five years? <clears throat> I think um, at the stage at, w- at where we've gotten Horizons, Horizon CMS now, um, I think the question is about uh, expanding the scope of condition monitoring. Uh, it's not so much about, uh, um, let's say, improving the software technology, although software will never stop improving, right? If you do it right. But uh, the focus will slowly shift to how many more turbine subcomponents can we put on a condition monitoring program? Um, and I think um, while we currently see let's say vibration monitoring and maybe some SCADA based monitoring as well being prevalent. Um, you're still only monitoring a small subset of the components in a turbine. And I, I, I see that scope expanding a lot in the, in the next five years. I also see that what has previously been sort of separated tools, for example, in asset performance management and, and CMS, I see those merging right they're essentially the same thing from a technology standpoint you detect something remotely with the help of sensor data that have some sort of remediating action afterwards whether that be inspect repair starts up the turbine curtail the turbine or change operational parameters it's all the same um so sensor data will be merging Right, you'll have a greater chance at unifying it into one system, uh, which will allow you to free up the resources to start thinking about expanding your condition monitoring program into lots and lots of more wind turbine components. All right, I think we've covered most of the deep, important questions. We have a few more fun ones before we wrap things up. 
Um, what would you say is a common myth about CMS engineers? <laughs> um, I'm just thinking about that, you know, that meme, you know, what I think I do, what my mom thinks I do, what my friends think I do, you know, and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I think for, for CMS engineers, uh, people imagine this uh, CSI type <laughs> uh, control room with lots of screens and uh, 3D models of wind turbines with hand gestures, just like in Minority Report, uh, the movie, right? Um, um, but in reality, it's more like sitting on a, you know, maybe a single, maybe two screens and sitting and doing a, a sort of like almost like what feels like laboratory analysis of, of, of data, right? Uh, and it's not in any fancy place uh, with... Uh, uh, tons of screens and swiveling chairs and five keyboards and stuff like that, right? I think that's that's some, one of the biggest myths. <laughs> All right. Um, you're a fairly opinionated person and we love that about you, but what is one thing about CMS that you have an opinion on that just nobody else agrees with you on? Yeah, I, like I everybody agrees one. with me on everything. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's my greatest flaw, right? I think everybody agrees with me on everything. <laughs> Until I figure out they don't know. Um, <laughs> actually, I don't really have a good answer for that. That's one. totally fair. I, I thought, I thought long and hard about it, guys. I couldn't really, I couldn't really think about uh, uh, anything. And if I did, I forgot about it just now. So, um, Are there any questions you wish we would have asked you? I wish you would have asked me a bit more about a, sort of what's the potential of, of uh, applying something like artificial intelligence to the, to the domain. I could and have segued would... I could have segued that into uh, <laughs> I could have segued into that myself, of course. But uh, now that you ask, exactly, how would you answer that? <laughs> I think um, the the biggest the biggest potential uh, of of, uh, of of AI is really in the simplification case, right? Um, and um, you could say the process of doing condition monitoring involves handling lots and lots of false alarms and all those false alarms come because there are millions of alarm mechanisms and even a small fleet to maintain um there are so many alarms that it becomes a although uh, i think uh, technically possible it becomes uh, practically infeasible to manage an alarm set up like that so what what you can do with ai is you can build models that are a lot more uh, simple. So instead of having, let's say, 1,400 alarms for just a handful of turbines, you can you can you can make do with 70. So that's a 20x reduction in complexity. Um, um, and another thing you can do with AI is is train models to look for specific failure modes. So instead of getting uh, arbitrary anomaly detections that you have to use a lot of expert time to diagnose afterwards, you actually get uh, strong hints about what's wrong and where you should go and diagnose it, right? So it really speeds up the process a lot. And by reducing the complexity of of, uh, of your sort of alarm landscape, you also increase the, uh, the practical feasibility of you actually being able to control it, right? So, so suddenly there's so few alarms, you can actually fine tune them all the time. I think that's some of the biggest potentials, right? Absolutely. Last question. 
Is there any one piece of advice that you would leave your CMS colleagues with in the industry? Yeah, I think uh, it's it goes back to the data access question. Um, don't be timid when you talk to the uh, the hardware provider or OEM. It's your data. You should be able to access it. So be bold, right? I think that's my advice. I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you both for your time. Thanks for joining us today on our podcast and um, have a great rest of your day. Thank you both. You too. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Climate Chronicles brought to you by SkySpecs. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe to our podcast so you can be the first to know when we release the latest episodes. If you really liked it, make sure to give us a five-star review. See you next time.